Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Canadian Premier League Newsroom Podcast. I'm Christian Jack, again, joined by my usual candidates here, my correspondents, Molly Thompson, Charlie O'Connor-Clark, and Benedict Rhodes is here. That's right, it's a Sunday. So Benedict's got Monday morning classes, and we are here for him on a Sunday night. Benedict, we missed you last week, mate. Hope school's going well. Uh, how's things? Happy Sunday. Thank you. Happy Sunday to you guys as well. Uh, school's going pretty good, uh, kind of busy. On election coverage with the election coming up on Monday and uh, yeah, usual right. schoolwork as well. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to talking some CPL instead. Yep, we'll be no more politics talk from now on. <laughs> 43 seconds into the show, that is done. Uh, right. so thanks, Benedict, for getting that in. We have to get it in, but we, you've done it in your own little way. Mm -hmm. uh, no immediate question off the top today, except to just get into three big games in the, in the Canadian Premier League this weekend. York United nil, Halifax Wanderers nil in a big clash that ended up being really not satisfying in many elements at all. Uh, Valor won, Cavalry won. That was very satisfying, and a lot of things on the bone to chew on this one and Pacific won, Ottawa won. So three draws in the games where pretty much teams could have won any of them apart from the first one. Let's start with that first one. Charlie, you are our correspondent on this. And York have been doing well, no question about that. Coming into the game off two two nil wins. I was at the game on Tuesday when they beat Ottawa 2-0 pretty comprehensively. They were heading into this one looking to win their third Canadian Premier League game in a row for the first time. And it has to be said, the game was pretty timid. They didn't manage to get it done. Some bright spot, but maybe a game that was a little bit too much. Teams are a bit tired. And maybe a game where, even though the press conferences suggest otherwise, one eye on midweek, which we will get to in a minute, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely at least a factor. You know, no manager is going to admit that. But you looked at the the squad selection, and there's certainly some players that at least came out of the game early or or... I mean, in, in the case of Halifax, uh, certain star players like Joao Morelli who didn't start, yeah. which uh, is is generally a, a pretty big giveaway. But you know, I I think it was also a game where maybe these teams knew that you know the last three times they've played each other, they've been quite open-ended games. I think obviously the last one was three-three, and they had a three-two game earlier in the season, uh, both of them in Halifax, and it felt a bit more like a game between teams who know that they're directly competing for playoff positioning. Uh, and that's actually something that Peter Shala, the Wanderers defender, said after the game. He kind of said out, outright, he said, it felt like we were a little bit cautious at times because we knew how big the stakes are. And we knew a, a mistake or anything like that could be, you know, kind of, kind of destructive to the season, right? But it's not to say it was a completely lifeless game. I mean, I think they're, both teams are in the double-digit shots. York had 17, but... Uh, one of them was on target, which is pretty pretty shocking. I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a figure quite like that in a match. <laughs> but uh, I guess they, another one of them was off the post, which I don't think is counted as a shot on target. So there's two that were decent. But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a, a horrible game. Both teams had some good chances in transition. Uh, Halifax had a couple earlier in the game on, on the counterattack. Uh, and, and it did seem to maybe peter out a little bit towards the end. A lot of fatigue. It was a hot day at York Lions Stadium, and these teams have played a lot. And you know, KJ, as you said, there's uh, there's some big games in midweek in the Canadian Championship that they've definitely got an eye on. Yeah, Marty and Benedict, I'll get to you on both of these teams in a second. Quickly back to our correspondent with you, Charlie. On this, in the end, who do you think was more happy, and who do you think would be more disappointed? Is it is it is it possible to to, to, to differentiate? I think 
a little bit. It feels like if there was, go- or it felt at the time, if there was going to be a winner in this game, it was going to be York because they were on the front foot a good bit more, especially in the second half. They made a few substitutions uh, to kind of maybe add a little bit more life to it. And Jimmy Brennan sort of explained it. He brought on Lowell right at halftime. And then mm-hmm. I think it was Michael Petrasso and, and Nick Hamilton came on around the hour mark. And they did seem to be, you know, the team on the front foot. I, they came very close with literally the last kick of the game with that set piece. But uh, it felt like they were maybe a little bit more disappointed because they probably were the more likely team to have gotten three points. And, you know, at home and going into the game, it felt like it could be their day because if they come out of it with one just one goal, then all of a sudden York has won three on the bounce and they're very comfortably in a playoff spot right. ahead of you know, a team that a team like Halifax, who is one of the teams that's directly chasing them. Um, so I think they're probably the slightly more disappointed team. Uh, Halifax looked to get their chances early in the game, maybe score an early goal, but then they started to maybe back off a little bit and they became very hard to break down. So I think they're probably a little bit happier with the point in that. Yeah, I like the way you put that. York fourth, 19 played, 26 points. Halifax sixth, 18 games played, one game in hand, 22. So four back with one game in hand. What of Halifax though, Marty? Because if York are the ones more disappointed, can't say Halifax would be overly thrilled either in a game that was there for them, that they were chasing a team and let's be honest, are now unbeaten in seven, but are drawing far too many. Five of those unbeaten have been draws. It's interesting, Charlie, when you mentioned that, you know, seemed like both teams were eager to not lose this game. You know, Mm -hmm. both Halifax and York have like come from if we think about what in like July and August, they were far from, from the pack. And I think about even the last time the Halifax visited York, I think they only scored one. I think it was one, one, but the way that they were playing, it was just, they were just going forward nonstop and, and trying to break the, trying to break the, uh, the duck there for Halifax. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's maybe a bit disappointing, but it's really hard to look at these games, especially now considering what's about to happen on Wednesday with CF Montreal coming to town. I think that, I think it's at a certain point, I don't think Stephen Hart's going to be too worried about any of these results, considering, you Good know, point. one of the biggest games in club history. Frankly, we, we we shouldn't discount this in any way. This is a massive day for the club. So, I mean, this is it is what it is. It is a playoff hunt, but at the end of the day, you didn't lose points against your your main rival. So, so really, and you got more chances to play them. It's a really great point because obviously you're not going in on a, on a low. You rested Morelli, he came on. And by the way, he came on, well, I think, 25 minutes. It was the, the game already. You could see that just out of that sprinkle dust about it. You know what I mean? It was, as Charlie alluded to, it wasn't a dire game, but it was far from a classic. And Morelli came on, I think, at one point did this little back heel. I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah, here we go. Did. Yeah. Um, Benedict, if I was to give you 50 bucks right now and said go bet on the team is finishing fourth at the end of the year, where would you place your money? York, Valor, or Halifax? Uh, I think I think I'd still go with York. And they're currently in the spot. I think uh, obviously they're, they're currently in the spot, so they have that advantage. But also, they seem to be the most or one of the most informed teams in the league at the moment. Uh, all, all their big guns are stepping up at the moment. Uh, their their depth is is strong, and and they're showing up as well. And uh, I think if they can keep up the momentum they currently have, and and not draw points at the end of games like they've been so susceptible to do recently, I think they have a good spot of finishing, a good chance of finishing that fourth spot. 
And it would be a remarkable achievement, would it not? I mean, to have this York team finish fourth. I think what we're seeing right now in the, in the front three is that the continuity has been there for a while. And Calvary has made quite a lot of changes and they've done a decent job. We'll get to them in a second. But this is wide open, this fourth spot. I think even FC Edmonton, after the results this past weekend, will be going, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, you keep taking you keep taking points off each other. Okay, happy days here because maybe yeah, they maybe. could have had they could have had a a, a really uh, they could have been done. I think I think I think yeah, mm-hmm. there's a big game next week, Edmonton, right? Halifax next week. Come on, match of the week, Edmonton go to Halifax. Um, I think we all know, you know, no one's going to call it a must win in the 19th game of the season, but Alan Koch might. That's a, a massive <laughs> game for them, by the way, if they if they want to get back into this, because suddenly a win, they're on the same, you know, they're on, on in the 20s and the one back of Halifax. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, one big moment in the game was um, Charlotte, you mentioned it with Ulbricht in that first half. He's got on the wrong side of him. Ulbricht felt a little bit of contact and the kick went down, tried to really sell it a little bit more certainly yeah. wanted uh, a penalty uh, not a penalty he wanted a sending off at that point charlie i know your opinion was pretty similar to mine i don't think it was a red what did you think no i i don't think so i don't think so for me I, it's uh yeah he did there's, there's, there's an element of of selling that play um but you know i we've seen we've seen things like that given in the past so yeah. i don't think i really i really fault anybody for that and in the end it you know it, it didn't have a huge impact in the game no, it didn't. Uh, final notes for me. Uh, Sebastian Gutierrez, again, impressive. Yes. I know he scored midweek. Uh, lively player, speeds the game up quicker. We all know York are very direct anyway. Uh, but I like this. I like this player. He's got a, he's got a little bit of a little mm-hmm. bit of everything about him. How quickly he runs towards the box as well. And for for a player quite small in stature, he stands above a lot of other people right now. And uh, coming into this, you know, we know these these games are coming thick and fast. A player like this coming out of obviously not playing a lot of football uh, and back in his in, in his prime, I, th- I think could be a big factor for York. And you know, I'm not sure whether they can get him and Petrasso on the pitch at the same time. That <laughs> diff- might be a difficult one, but maybe you play Petrasso at a different position. But Gutierrez ahead of you know um, a pivot right now that is working really well in Johnston and Verhoeven, then I don't know. I like that. We'll keep an, we'll keep an eye on that. And we'll certainly think about that more heading into the TFC game. The second game of the doubleheader on Saturday that we had on One Soccer for you finished Valor 1. Havelry won at IG Field in Winnipeg. Rob Gale versus Tommy Wilden Jr. is always fun in the press conferences and is always fun on the pitch because, mm-hmm. you know, they always have this tactical chess game. They always play a little bit different. And uh, Cavalry went with this 3-2-3-2 system uh, with their fullbacks playing in the third band of formation. And Forge, sorry, not Forge, Valor counted with back three as well, with Raf Oheen playing in a back three, which was really interesting. Our correspondent, Marty, was on it. I don't know if this gave you flashbacks in the bubble, mate, by the way, going back <laughs> to that stadium. And <laughs> Just were you, a bit. Were you doing more stretches in your house and thinking, oh, I'll go out, I'll go for a walk at halftime when you weren't allowed to in the bubble or what? What was that like? <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I, was just, I just want to go walk the concourse at halftime like I normally would after there hearing you your call on one soccer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and it's it's funny because even Rob Gale quite recently, I know you mentioned even on the broadcast, he is, he is great, great money for content, but he specifically talked about trying to pull back this team to what they were in the bubble specifically. And I think this game on Saturday was maybe the first sort of glimpse of that in a long time. I don't know how many points they've got out of the bubble, but I, I think it's only what four or five. They've been in absolute five. Yeah, five? Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be five. five. Yeah. yeah. And just like in, you know, uh, it's funny. You try to talk to him about the team, maybe being on a bit of a skid. He's, he's, he's not really having that, but 
this was an example of them going at a team and trying to match them with intensity. That was an incredibly intense game. And it was impressive how Valor was able to bounce back after the Canadian championship game at midweek, where they started the game off so timidly, almost, almost shockingly. So, so it was a big, it was a big test, I think for Rob Gale's team and they have to take the point and move forward, even though the goal was a, a big deflected one. I like what you said about that. We'll get to the goal in a second, but this Valor team were on a slippery slope, right? Yeah. Slippery slope coming out of the fact that they were at one time leading the ti- leading the title chase, 18 points coming out of the of, of the bubble, four points coming out of that heading into this game from nine games. And now I really think the way that they played as well, you can't really say, oh, they didn't deserve that. They did they, 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 they've been not playing well either. Mm. And so the tempo that they set going out there against a cavalry team that also needed to set the set the tempo up. I thought was interesting, and particularly, Marty, in the second half. What did Rob Gale yeah. say about that, and what did he say about what he got into him at halftime? Because there was a noticeable difference. Yeah, well, they've, they've played quite well in second halves of games in the last couple weeks, and he mentioned even the Forge game where first half, they were so incredibly timid. It looked like he was setting them up to to, to try to like play for play for penalties, I guess, the Canadian Championship. And then, uh, and then in this game, yeah, they started kind of okay. They were obviously matching intensity, and then after that goal from Alleman, they had three or four chances to score uh, a go-ahead. And frankly, they had the better quality of chances um, afterwards. I think it just maybe as a team, you kind of touched on it there, Christian. Like, I'm not sure what you guys think. Like, it's just a team trying to grow into a bit of confidence. Like, mm. it, you, you could see why they would be lacking confidence, obviously. And they're losing players left, right, and center. Like, Austin Ritchie didn't play against Cavalry uh, after he took up that injury against Forge. Obviously, Andrew Jean-Baptiste, people mention him all the time, and it makes sense. Like, this is a team that's maybe lacking in confidence, but... What Saturday showed is like if you have a bit of confidence, this team could, could still finish fourth. Yeah, hearing yeah. Ricci could be out long term, which is not yeah. ideal for them. And you know, boy, oh boy, this team has just been crushed by injuries. Uh, thankfully, kept Rocco Romeo, who I also heard they almost lost back to, to TFC as well with almost the termination of a loan. But it looks like he's going to stick around, thankfully, because boy, oh boy, lose him as well. That's another key linchpin. Benedict, your thoughts on Valor and how they get into this? Got, got a point from this game because. You know, Marty mentioned it there. Pena came on, Yoa came on. They brought some real width and flanks down there. Rea played well in the flank initially in the first half. Get back to being a bit more of a team that we can all be appealing appealed by, no? Yeah, Marty mentioned uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, needing to have some some confidence, but also thinking uh, a lucky bounce doesn't hurt every time, uh, every now and again as well. And Alman's deflection off uh, Mason Trafford, I think it was. Um, that, that that was huge for them, and obviously got them the goal and, and a bit more confidence and. Pick up another point, of course, and uh, you mentioned the wide players as well. I thought uh, their excellent Rea in particular looked really strong on, on the on the right side, and uh, he's been a player. He's been strong for them all season, and and he keeps growing in confidence as well. Uh, him and other players can really sort of uh, continue to propel them forward. What about you, Charlie? What do you think of Valor? Yeah, I was gonna say I think Cavalry is a decent matchup for them in some ways, mm. just in terms of the way that. Both teams look to to play with that intensity and, and press at times. And Valor is a team that is, you know, some of their best games this season have come from when they've had that bit of directness. They've played through a press with those those little passes forward. And obviously, Raph Oheen has been a big part of that at every step. Uh, and I mean, you know, we we say that he lined up at center back, but does Raph Oheen really ever have a position? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> but uh, defensive or attacking, he's just he's every he's always everywhere. Um, just a, an incredibly determined player. 
But yeah, I think when when we do see the best of Valor, it is when they are playing with that little bit of an edge and a bit of that intensity where they're not they're not sitting down, they're not being pinned back, you know, because when they when they try and, and maybe sit in a block or something, they find themselves sometimes sometimes it doesn't go so well. They're they they can be broken down by some teams occasionally. Um, and I think Edmonton did that to them this year once. Uh, but when they're when they're able to, you know, kind of get their chances and, and have their opportunities with the ball and they move it quite determinedly and, and they have a plan with the ball going forward, then they are able to put any team in the league under pressure. I think the way they played on the weekend, I think trying to get Oheen in a back three was trying to get somebody who could move forward with the ball. I don't think exactly. he actually did a great yeah. job of it, actually. But I'll tell you one player who impressed me who did was Reyes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, he, he comes across a little bit as uh, sometimes a little bit clumsy, not necessarily a technician on the ball. He's a defender first, right? As a center back, there was a couple of moments, particularly one later in the game, where it just opened up and he just drove forward. He kept going, couple of, took took on a couple of players, and led to a corner. And I thought he had a really good game, a really good in the tackle as well. Back to you, Marty, in the game. What of cavalry? What was Tommy Wilden Jr.'s thoughts after the game? What was his mood like? Because for me. Again, it was a game where they were the most impressive, a game where they took the lead, a game where they probably should have won, and a game that they didn't score enough and win. Is that all a little bit too unfair, or is that accurate? I think that's accurate. Um, what Wilton Jr. said after the game was he was impressed with his team's spirit as well and, and, and how they held with Valor. But at the end of the day, you kind of touched on it there, Christian. I think this is their fourth game in a row where they only scored one goal. And you think if you compare Cavalry's attack with like, let's say Pacific, like Pacific scored, um, I guess it would be now 32 goals to Cavalry's uh, 21, yeah. 21. So even, yeah. even, even, even more. So they're, they're 10 goals behind that kind of pace. And like, you look at a game like that and there's been a couple of them like that for Cavalry, you look at it, just think if you could just get one goal and manage to convert um, it would be a completely different season and also to get a goal through nick ledgerwood off that free kick was just a hilarious way to get a goal not taking not taking anything away anything away from nick that free kick was was beautiful but after it should have been a penalty by the after way it should have been a penalty yes, yes. calvary still <laughs> yet to, to have a penalty uh, in the cpl um but yeah i mean i think that just has to be the story right is, is calvary cannot seem to to just get over that scoring hump every once in a while which does kind of add up at the end it's a strange one, though, when you think it about is. all the depth, all the quality, Camargo, Mason, Novak, Escalante, Farsi, DiChiara. Like, there's a ton of depth and a ton of quality there. So like, I still think they're in a really good position. I think DiChiara has got another gear in him. I don't think we've oh, seen yeah. the best of him yet. I think that's fair. I think he would admit that. I think he's, what, started two of the last seven or something. When they play that 3-2-3-2 system, he's really the linchpin. There's a couple of times where... It was counterattacks where he probably just would have liked to speed it up a little bit more in the game. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I think they're in a good shape, but it is one, it is definitely an area where they're not scoring anywhere near as, as many goals as Pacific, which is a strange one because I think that they probably counterpress more than any other team. Yes. They they really counterpress and yet and, and they've caused a lot of turnovers. They just haven't been efficient enough. A couple of quick, quick notes from me on this. Um, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. Some real rivalries developing on the on, on the pitch. Farsi was getting booed the entire game after getting kicked. 
Um, and, and what about a shout out for Raf Gallardo becoming a real villain in the CPL? <laughs> I mean, this guy, he got sent off in the Canadian Championship game because of something he said to the referee at the end of the match. And I'm sure he's not losing sleep over the fact that he's suspended in the next Canadian Championship game that he plays. Uh, and then he's just all over the referee in this game all of the time. It's just He has that look of just... It's not even perplexion. It's just disbelief at every decision <laughs> that referees make as if, like, as if he knows better. He's, like, uh, personally offended every time. Yeah, he's got that look, too. He's just like, I would not want to mess with him. His <laughs> eyes just come straight through your skin. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's fun, by the way. I mentioned oh, it in yeah. the broadcast. We didn't get the replay, and unfortunately, but just before the goal scored by Alleman, he got the ball 40 yards from goal and just made this audacious out, out of the foot on the edge of his foot, curling pass to an absolute tee to the corner. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that is... And then he had another shot from distance that almost uh, that rattled the bar. Um, I know defensively they can't put him in positions where they really need to rely on him, so they play him in this like yeah. false nine role. It's a t- uh, well, that's, that's fun, a like. He's polarizing in many respects, for one, because of what he's just doing there. And then two, like you kind of touched on it, like the role that, that he's been playing, like it's where do you play him? You have to play him. Where do you play him? I, 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 every time I, every time I see where he is and like, there's a couple times where, you know, if Valor's relying on, on a fast break, he just doesn't have the speed, but you're like, you know what? This guy can hit a ball like anywhere at any time. So who cares? Yeah, no, come yeah. on. He's, <laughs> he's fun. And these, these villains and, and Fossey became a villain. We all know Escalante's are D, D Chiara's not oh, getting Christmas oh, cards from these players. Let's be Joe, Joe, Joe was amazing. <laughs> was amazing on Saturday. We got to admit. We gotta yeah. Always. He always is. I'm yeah. all in for this boys. Oh, yeah. This is what we want. Right. Benedict. Yeah. Team chaos. Always. <laughs> team chaos. Always. Team chaos. Uh, talking of chaos. Let's go to Benedict's game. Pacific one. Ottawa one. Athletic Ottawa oh, one today. Cool. Uh, talking of chaos, a team almost got beat today, and I think they had what 26 shots in the end. They didn't, but let's for those who missed it, Athletic Ottawa take the lead. Benedict, talk us through it. What was this like to cover, and uh, how was that quick rewrite at the end there when Pacific got the goal? Or did you have your journalistic ready already? Kind of feel like this is already going to happen. I'm going to write this as a draw. Yeah, as I just alluded to there, uh, Pacific kind of were kind of knocking on the door for pretty much. The entire time after they after they conceded, especially in the second half, they were a much better team. I think it's fair to say. And um, but uh, yeah, Brian Wright uh, opened the score in the first half with an easy sort of tap in. Uh, Alberto Soto made a brilliant run through some through some defenders and, and put on, on a plate for him to just easily slide at home. And and uh, Taron Campbell coming up in the 86th minute with a with a big header. Jordan Haynes with a perfect cross in the box and and Campbell's in, in good form at the moment. And he he didn't make a mistake from. A couple yards up. Who else impressed you in this game? Obviously, a big game for Pauli. Um, what some of the, who were some of the players that stood out for you for in this game, Benedict? Yeah, you mentioned Pauli had six saves. Uh, he probably deserved a clean sheet in that game. Um, and then also uh, Sean Young for Pacific looked really good. He was all over the place as well, and he forced a big save out of Pauli in the first half with a, with a curling shot. Um, so those two in particular were two, and Lucas McNaughton as well was good defensively and. Had a few chances to score and didn't didn't finish any of them, but uh, he's getting good areas and uh, nearly equalized and had a few chances to equalize in the second half, especially. 
McNaughton's been really impressive, right? I mean, I think we've all written about him tremendously. He's been in a number of teamers of the week. I'm sure he's going to probably be in this one as well after his big goal in, in midweek as well. It's a little bit different to other star centre-backs in this league uh, in terms of how that he can marshal that back, back that back line. But, um, you know, it's just, I mean, there's so many players you can talk about in Pacific, but McNaughton, just, he just got that kind of quality, Marty, where in a big moment, you know you can rely on him. Well, yeah, it's it it's you kind of touched on it there too. Even in this game, he's he's getting up there. He had a couple of decent chances to score. Like you know, it's 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 all around from from Lucas. And yeah, Pacific's obviously really really excited about him, really high on him. He's a, he's a third year center back out of Ontario, and like took a bit of a risk, and it's it's totally paying off. It's totally worked for them. What about Soto? I want to ask you about Soto in this game, Bennett, because I saw him live on Tuesday. Brian Wright actually got the goal. Uh, today, Charlie doing the game midweek on Tuesday will know where I'm going here, but Brian Wright couldn't buy a goal at York Lions Stadium <laughs> the other night, poor guy. And Soto, at, at one point, I got a glimpse of him, and I don't think the cameras caught it, but he just he just wanted to, he just turned his head at one point and just thought, what else am I supposed to do here? Just serving food on a silver platter, and he just like throwing it on the ground, like. Uh, but in the end, this time he served it up, and Wright was able to score. Uh, so what about Soto in this game, Benedict? In a game where I what I like about him is that he's not a true number ten in terms of when they don't have a lot of the ball, he doesn't drift out the game. Uh, what were your thoughts on on the Spanish uh, uh, talisman, I suppose, for Mister's team? Yeah, that's a good point you just made there. I think when, when Ottawa doesn't have the ball, he's he's not afraid to drop back and, and defend as well. He has played a bit deeper sometimes this season, um, but also going forward, he has the ability to make a moment of magic and and really get things done offensively as well. And we saw that with the goal; he sort of picked up the ball at the edge of the box, weaved in and out some defenders, and. And and played a perfect ball across the box and crazy tap in. So uh, he's been really good lately as well, as as you mentioned. And uh, I think Mista and Alvarado are very high on him as well. Pacific continue to lead the Canadian Premier League. They get their sixth the draw. That draw takes them up to 36 points. Still at one game played more than Cavalry. We're only four points back. Ottawa at the bottom. They started first versus eighth, and it remains first versus eighth. I think if you're Ottawa, it's pretty deflated, no? You play a game like that. Again, you get close. Again, you can see the late goal. It's not the first time they've done that, Charlie, this year. Yeah. And look, what is it now for them? Nine games left already outside the playoffs by 12 points. I think, you know, it's going to take a bit of a miracle here. If they're going to even going to clamber back to try and get the storyline developing, whether they can make it, let alone get the fact that they're getting the foot in the top four. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, I, in a vacuum, you know, a point on the road at the top team in a league is a fantastic result, but I think they're going to be coming out of this game. And it sounded like from their, their everybody's comments after the game, it sounded like they're coming out of this game being that might have been the one. Mm-hmm. You know, if that might, if you do pick up that result on the road at Pacific, just somehow you manage to weather that storm, then you're like, okay, all right, we're we're not done yet, um, and I'm not I'm not calling them done. I'm not calling them done. I would never call any team done unless they're mathematically eliminated. Having uh, for the second week in a row mentioning baseball, but having seen the Blue Jays in the last few weeks, <laughs> <laughs> never count out a team. But yeah, I think at this point Ottawa is just looking for for silver linings. Um, and, and, you know, you see teams in, obviously in building phases, teams that are still maybe a year or two behind some of the other teams that they're playing against in terms of where they are with their squad build, which understandably so is the case for Ottawa. Um, it's, it's going to be a interesting, 
maybe last, I think they have nine games left. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be an interesting stretch just to see, you know, if from a, maybe a player evaluation perspective, especially for the Ottawa coaching staff, just to see, you know, which players are part of maybe the, of the future with this club and, and players who have that, maybe that drive to play for contracts, play for jobs and just play to, to maybe pick up results wherever they can, because anything, mm-hmm that can just get a little bit more positivity around this team. And I, I feel bad being so negative about them after, again, drawing on the road against Pacific. No. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a, a frustrating season for this team. Yeah, there are a couple players that are kind of on that. Like, if, if you're talking about who could maybe come back next year, yeah. like, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of potential, and you could pick any, mm-hmm. I'd say, any 10, 12 players out of this list, and I would believe you. Like, even there's a player like, you know, Matthew Arnone, who I think deserves a shout out coming into this team late, uh, uh, coming in, 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 in August after they get out of the bubble. And, and I thought he was, he was all right. Uh, he was all right today. Dylan Pally was a magnificent. It, it seemed like he was playing like a man possessed. And then in some sort of Zen like state. And then as soon as they conceded, he started just like screaming. So that was a, that was an incredible sight. <laughs> no, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's, there are some really good pieces there in Ottawa. I think we said that a couple weeks ago, but just now it's, yeah, maybe it's about trying to see, who could who could be here next year? Yeah, I mean, from the outside looking in, and this is certainly no inside information. It's a team I think that needs leaders. Yeah, you know, a bit of leadership. Um, and I can't help but say that without thinking about Drew Becky. And for those who haven't seen him, please go to see yeah. his social media update where he's finally, you know, found the strength to continue to, to to battle through what he's going through and share with us and our thoughts and prayers it's to Drew and his family at the moment. Hopefully, he gets better soon because. That is a player, that is a character, that is a defender they have absolutely missed uh, during these difficult times as well where, you know, sometimes they just need that kind of moment, right? Mista said it many times, you know, when when you go down, and I think he says it in his, his, his quite elegant way of speaking broken English sometimes, it's like, you know, we cannot always be sad. You know, when things go against, when when things go against us, let's not always be sad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Let's I get think, that tattooed. Yeah, that tattooed right? yeah, yeah. I, I love that. that. I think Charlie might be the one to get tattooed because he's got this little <laughs> wonderful bromance with Meester. I'm all in. I'm all in on the on the Charlie. But talking to Meester, what was his thoughts after the game, Benedict, for this one in the press conference? Yeah, I think he's in the same question every week now. Where it's like, you guys have conceded another late goal or you have a moment of moment of a lapse, I guess, and you conceded and you deserve better, and he kind of just laughs every single time. And you guys mentioned that last week, I think, and he, he kind of felt bad, bad for him almost. But uh, he did like what his team his team did, and and uh, he's very well praised for for Don Powley and and his back line as well. But it's the same thing again and again. I guess where it's like they think they deserve more, and he's happy with how they played. But just one split second uh, can, can turn it all on its head. The league table stands as follows. Ottawa played 19, 14 points. Edmonton played 18 on 18 points. Halifax Wanderers, 18 games played, 22 points. Vala, 18 games played, 23. Top four in the playoffs, currently speaking. York United, 19 games played on 26. Forge, 17 games played on 28. Cavalry, 18 games played on 32. And leading at the top after another point, Pacific, 19 games played, and 36 points. Pacific, Cavalry, Forge, York, and Halifax, all with enormous games this week. That's right. We have a triple header in the Canadian Championship this week. We are going to be all over it here at the Canadian Premier League Newsroom, campl.ca, for all of your coverage this week. My boys will be writing their previews. We're going to have features out there, who we think might win out of these games. We're going to do a live podcast following the game on Wednesday. Jao Morelli joins me this week on Beyond the Pitch. 
tons of content. Uh, starting at the Wanderers grounds with Halifax against CF Montreal. Marty, let me turn to you. First of all, win, lose, or draw, this is just fitting that in a year where we've already had a great result for the Canadian Premier League with the Whitecaps losing to Pacific, that now the scene is set at a wonderful location to represent the Canadian Premier League in Halifax. You know, Wanderers fans speaking to me personally last year, the pandemic, stopping the impact from coming, and Thierry Henry specifically. I think this is going to make up for it. <laughs> this is going to make up for it in a big way. This uh, this is a club that, like, let's be honest, they deserve to have something like this out there. Uh, they've I've, I've been hearing ticket sales have been going quite well out there right now. Um, this is an incredibly important game for the Canadian Premier League because, as you already touched on, like, you know, there are a couple hidden gems in this league, whether it be players or coaches or even fans, but the stadium of Wanderers Grounds and that environment is a hidden gem in and of itself. So it's just going to be good to see that get out on a, on a bigger stage, on a national stage with the Canadian Championship. And who knows, maybe we'll get to, maybe we'll get a Wanderers win. What a night yeah. that would be in Halifax. What a night that would be. Uh, yeah. yeah, why not? Right? Why not? I mean, oh, yeah. see, see if Montreal playing well, but why, mm -hmm. why not? So Halifax is awesome. one game. And uh, by the way, triple header, five o'clock. Get you set your alarm oh, yeah. early okay. if you need it. Five o'clock Eastern, or so, or just minutes right after, will be the kickoff from Halifax. They're getting all these three games in and getting ready to make sure that you will not miss a kick, even if it goes to penalties. Uh, because right away after that, 7.30 will be Toronto FC against York at BMO. And at 10 o'clock, um, we'll go back to Spruce Meadows as Cavalry finally gets to go home during the, an eight-game road road game uh, schedule right now in the league uh, to take on Pacific. Because you know what? They haven't played Pacific a lot lately. Uh, but that should be a classic game between <laughs> them two again. Uh, and I know they'll be looking forward to, the, to playing each other. Uh, Charlie, you'll be at BMO for us on Wednesday. TFC against York. Toronto FC coming off a win against Nashville on the weekend. They get a little bit of a positivity from that. Although, you know, we're not here to talk about how poor they've been lately, uh, I suppose. But <laughs> they only get the goal really from a set piece. It hasn't been great. York will go there full of confidence and much like our discussion where we talked about the Whitecaps having a lot of cast-off players on Pacific, we know a lot of these connections to York I've come through TFC as well. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Jimmy Brennan is going back to BMO Field, which is a huge deal. And that'll be a lot of fun. I think he's uh, the only unbeaten manager in TFC history because he coached that one game. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, just from York's perspective, you know, I was at York Lions Stadium when they beat Masters to get to this game. Mm -hmm. And I was there again on Saturday. And I can tell you that everybody around that club, from the staff to the players to the coaches, are buzzing. They are just over the moon excited for this game. And as soon as they saw the draw come out, you know, just like Pacific were, they were looking at this game and circling it on the calendar, or like Pacific were with the Whitecaps, obviously. Circling this game on the calendar, yep. they want it so badly. I, I for some reason, especially, a lot of the like, York United's you know, off-field staff are just walking through the halls of York Lions Stadium, just singing about how much they're going to... They're gonna, beat TFC on Wednesday. They are so excited. <laughs> I love that. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, obviously Jimmy Brennan, always a very calm and, and collected guy, but you, I, I would be shocked if he wasn't really, really fired up for this one. And it's definitely a game that York will, will be extremely motivated for. And we, I guess we'll have to see if 
Toronto are similarly motivated or not. Yeah, I mean, it's their yeah, season, right? Yeah. It's their season yeah. in a nutshell right exactly. there. You mentioned going to the games. That's where we go to the games. That's where we see them. You get the sense of that. I was there Tuesday, and it wasn't lost on me when I left on Tuesday night, and a few people messaged me. They were similarly leaving BMO Field at a very similar time mm-hmm. after um, into Miami scored a 95th-minute controversial penalty. Oh, in yeah. Arguably about... 3,000 people in the stands, maybe. Um, one of the lowest moments in the in, the, in Toronto FC uh, in a very long time uh, that night that York were pulling off a really good win at that point as well in front of a really good crowd that night. So, yeah, uh, yeah there, there, there's some symmetry there indeed. Talking about going to the games, and I will end with Calvary Pacific in a second, but Marty, to you about Forge, you were there in the Canadian Championship game midweek against Valor, which was 2-1 by scoreline, but probably 8-0 uh, by, read, by, by reading the game, watching the game itself. Uh, but they play an enormous game Tuesday as well. They're in the CONCACAF League. Your overall thoughts going back to Tim Hortons Field. I know you tweeted out what a wonderful place it is to play and watch it. It's a great place to go watch a game. Uh, if you haven't gone out there yet, go watch yeah. Forge on Tuesday. This is a mammoth game for the club, Marty. Yeah, and hopefully if it, if it gets windy, it just makes the game more interesting. There's a real wind tunnel there at Tim Hortons Field off of the lake. I, I mean, Forge... They have really built their entire season around CONCACAF League. They, that's the reason why some of these players came back here. We talked about it on this very podcast even back in February, these players targeting this this kind of game. It's going to be massive for the team, and the players are going to be up for it. This is their first home game in CONCACAF League in, in what, two years? Right. And they've they've managed to, to, to get it done in, in Central America. This is going to be a big game, you know, Emery Welshman as well came off the bench. I should note in, in the game against uh, Valor. I'm curious to see what kind of role he's going to play, if it's going to be in this game or, or, or down south in Panama. A big game for the club. Really excited to see what happens uh, in Hamilton. And the final game on Wednesday night after an action-packed midweek game, as I mentioned, will be Cavalry against Pacific in the Canadian Championship game. And what an opportunity this is to get to a semifinal uh, and and get away. You know, Cavalry had those moments in 2019. Pacific have had their moments here already. We know these teams are really close together. As they're chasing a league title in the Canadian Premier League, you may have wondered if there'd be a little bit of moving around with the teams. Um, but you just spoke to Palmer Car Benedict. It looks like this team will be up for this one as they go back to Alberta trying to win a game against Calvary and get through to a semi-final what has already been a magical cup run for Palmer Ducar's team in the Pacific. Definitely. You know, they, they obviously had the confidence coming off the window over the Whitecaps and I think they kind of have the mindset of why can't we win every single game between now and the end of the season. And, and that, that includes Canadian Championship and they, they've played Calvary recently, they've beaten Calvary recently. And uh, I think they'll definitely take that chance and and uh, obviously, in, I think that'll probably be the best game of the week. Is that, that a hot take? Yeah, I think <laughs> no. way. it's not a hot take. It's a take I expect from you, Benedict. Uh, you know, <laughs> always expect the unexpected with Benedict, and I love it. Uh, that's uh, that's the midweek games. A little bit of Big Brother reference for anybody who watches that show. Um, next week, uh, there's another no. four games, Marty, emphatically with a no. <laughs> um, just disgusted by my suggestion. Anybody watching so we're, Big Brother? Uh, KJ, I'll get your take on this. We're a Love Island household. Oh, Do you watch you? Love Island. Mm. Uh, no, that would be the females in my house who maybe watch that. <laughs> uh, we we do watch Big Brother as a family, though. It's been pretty good this year, actually. Hey, I don't know if anyone else watches it, but congratulations to the cookout, uh, making sure that an African-American wins Big Brother. There you go. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. It just makes no sense. <laughs> 
Marty going, yeah, I have no idea. He's like dropping Love Island. Charlie actually has no idea, Marty. You can't get out of this. No. Like, you're with me. Charlie definitely has no idea. Oh. Benedict's, Benedict's laughing along, and I think he really does have an idea. He just doesn't want to be part of the cool kids. No? Benedict's was worried about his microphone, which we will fix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have to fix this microphone. Yes. Uh, it's, not a, it's not an elephant in the room. It's very much a big thing we are addressing on the air. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get it sorted, Benedict. We, we, we did have a Sunday night show for your benefit, and you brought great warmth and addition to it, but we need to fix that microphone. Uh, <laughs> next week, four games in the Canadian Premier League. We'll be back, and of course, we will be back on Wednesday night to talk about them. The big games again next week. Halifax Wanderers for the Wanderers ground take on FC Edmonton. Atletico Ottawa against Cavalry on Saturday. Triple header concluded by with Forge against Pacific. That's right. We're getting a bit of an East versus West games going on, and I'm in for that. And then on Sunday, York take on Valor at York Lions Stadium. Another beauty. That should be a really good one as well. As ever, Charlie, Benedict, and Marty, great work as ever on the show. And canpl.ca, we are full of news and stories in a big week for the Canadian Premier League. Thank you for joining us. Uh, good luck to our teams this week in the Canadian Premier League and uh, we'll see you soon. Enjoy the games.